You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. everyone, and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons & Dragons. We're your hosts, Lewin Markell. Taylor Stanfield. And I'm Travis Beasley. Lewin! Yeah! It was your birthday yesterday! I know! I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Oh, I'm sure some of our, some of our listeners probably don't want to hear it either. Okay, well, as you guys know, it wasn't actually her birthday yesterday because we record at least a week in advance, but this show, this episode is going up the day after Lewin's birthday. 23! And Woo! me! <laughs> Not a sponsor. But, um, yeah, you're going to be 23 I know. Uh, when this episode airs. I know. See, you know, and, and the thing is, is that they say you're only as old as you feel. And I feel fucking ancient. <laughs> I feel like I'm in, like, my 40s. Same, though. Well. And uh, looking at, like, older older books and stuff from Dungeons & Dragons doesn't help me feel any younger. I mean, yeah. No, but it feels nice. It does. It does. It feels, it feels confusing. wonderful. Yeah, well. A lot of confusing feelings looking at older books. That's also just getting older. Lots of confusing feelings. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. But we're going to have to treat you for your birthday. Yeah, summer fun, 4th of July, my birthday. Oh, yeah. Lots of fun. We're Canada take Day. You out. Oh, yeah. I Which forgot. is also on my birthday. Happy Lewin and Canada Day. We're American, but happy Canada Day to our Canadian. Yeah, listeners. we can still say that. I mean, yeah, Canadians a- are cool too. Travis. <laughs> what? Was that a pun? An unintentional one, actually. <laughs> I <laughs> thought you meant that. No. Something about the look on your face. I thought you... That's you just know. his face. One of my favorite YouTubers is Canadian. Which one? Northern Line. Oh, he's Canadian? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's yeah. interesting. Him and his wife both. Oh, that's nice. That is nice. But we're going to take you out. We're Someone's gonna... from a country. That's <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Travis likes things. That's nice. That is nice. <laughs> But we're going to take you out for your birthday and going to get you some stuff. What do you want for your birthday? Hmm. I want dice. Okay. I don't have enough of those. Even though you do, continue. Um, but what I really, really want, like this is my like, because you know, sometimes you have in your mind, it's like you have realistic presents that you might like for Christmas or your birthday or whatever other type of gifty, gifty based holiday. Then you have like that one thing that's like. It's completely unrealistic, but, like, if it happened... You would be over the moon. And that's a cat. Aww. I really want a kitty. I'm not going to get one until until after I move at the soonest because, you know, I don't want to, like, get the cat, get them acclimated to, like, living with my dog. Right. And then move and then kind of fuck up their whole their whole thing again. Oh, yeah. Like, it'll, it'll be... It, it would be a lot of back-to-back stressful things as opposed to just one stressful thing. But that's only, like, a couple months away, so... Yeah. It could be a late birthday present. Yeah. Oh, guys, don't buy me a cat. We're not going to buy you a cat, but we might go with you when you go pick out the cat. Yeah, yeah. we've got a, we've got our own cats. I, I ain't buying any more for now. <laughs> well, that actually reminds me... 
Oh, yeah? I know. I probably should have ran this by you guys first because it's kind of a it's 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 a big thing. But I actually hooked us up with a guest speaker for this week. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, let me go get her now. Oh, Welcome. my God. Welcome to the sanctuary. Oh, no. So uh, to our listeners... Lewin went to our living room and retrieved our cat, Lilith. Do you want to introduce yourself? Do you want to introduce yourself? Probably oh, not. Well, no, Taylor, she just wants to run around the room. Taylor, she's she's having a very good time in my lap here. For most people, um, she's not usually allowed in the room. Yeah. Well, part of that was because one of our uh, friends who would play Dungeons and Dragons with us in this room was allergic to cats. But now it's just because she can fuck with our setup. Yeah, like, and she will because she's one of those cats that likes to test gravity. She just like gave Travis the angriest look when he said that. Okay, listen, I know that she like she has a reputation of being difficult to work with, but I felt like on this episode we really needed an expert because today we're talking about Tabaxi. I had a feeling we were working towards that once you came back with the cat. <laughs> once I came back with the cat. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about tabaxi today. Yes, we are. And I, I did get a lot of this in private interviews that I had with our guest uh, speaker. Yeah. Because, oh, yeah. um, you know, sometimes she has trouble. Speaking her mind? Well, she has trouble. Talking? In, <laughs> you know, like public speaking, kind of. Uh. It's, you know. You know, there's one... I mean, there's several things that I'm confused about here, but the one that I'm kind of more worried about is how she got a private interview with our cat. Yeah, considering we live here with our cat, and I don't recall a private interview being held. Yeah, um, me neither. You know, if you've ever... I'm sure you'd think it's, it's like pretty normal for a cat to just like disappear for a few hours, you know? They go hide under a bed or something like that. Yeah. I okay. mean, unfortunately, I can't deny that. Is it and, normal for a Lewin to hide under a bed for a few hours? And remember when you 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 messaged me about that one time you came home and your locks had been tampered with? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, never mind. Anyway, Tabaxi. Hmm. Hmm. Don't worry about it. Oh. oh okay. So now. Tabaxi. Tabaxi. Um. Cat I'm folks. sure. Yeah, cat people. As you already seem to have in your mind, and I'm sure a lot of people do. The um, Tabaxi are a race of cat people. Right. They first appeared in the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons supplement Fiend Folio in 1981. Fiend Folio? Fiend Folio. And it's literally like... Is that just like a different monster manual? More or less. They just added some stuff. Okay. Some some creatures, which, I mean, obviously the implication here being that... Thank you. Thank you for that input. The implication being that... They were made to be encounters. Right. You know, like enemies that... They were like encounters? Yeah, they were They were made to be like encounters, which they will actually return as a playable race later. Yay! So there's something to look forward to. They were described as being tall and lithe, so like around six and a half feet tall, but mm-hmm. they were in the same like size category as humans. Okay. Um, and they were described as having tawny fur that was striped with black stripes like a tiger. Okay. Um, and also, like, typical slit pupil cat eyes. Right. And they did not wear clothing. Oh. Oh. Because um, they just... Had fur. They were just like cats. They were just like cats down there. They were just like taller cat... People. People. So, like, they didn't have, like, a 
penis jutting out. They just they have didn't the balls. have a they didn't have a visible like junk situation. But you can't actually really tell in the little picture that they have in there of them. Which, by the way, it looks hilarious. Like, look up Tabaxi from Fiend Folio because it looks so weird. It looks like <laughs> a lot of the older drawings of things I've noticed are just very strange, strange and kind of hilarious drawings. Un- uncanny, I would say, because I think that a lot of more modern portrayals of Tabaxi look all right. Right. In the same like in the way that a lot of anthropomorphic animals are drawn. Like it looks fine. It looks normal almost. But this just looks uncanny. Okay, that's uncomfortable. That is full uncanny valley. That looks like a more like a lemur. Yeah. It does okay, like the picture she showed us is very lemur like, very it's just very ring tailed lemur. Yeah, it kind of does. I thought it looked like a Shin Megami Tensei monster. But for those of you who are not in a position to look it up at the moment, it literally looks like a cat's, a cat with a man's face on it. It's very horror movie-esque. It's yeah. so horrifying. It looks like the not explicitly evil but morally ambiguous like character in a horror movie that like tries to give the protagonist advice. Like yeah. A, like a fucked up Cheshire cat, actually. Yeah, it... it yeah. <laughs> it looks like a fucked up Cheshire, uh, Cheshire cat. They were intelligent, average intelligence, but like with an emphasis on cunning, kind of. Okay. If that makes sense. And they lived in small prides in tropical forests. Okay. I can um, see that, like just because of the tiger vibes. Yeah, tiger vibes. They're more tropical. Yeah. And they were excellent hunters. Um, as a cat should be. As a cat should be. Prince. Yes. <laughs> Our other wonderful cat, who is the laziest yeah, asshole that there I, is. I tried to get him on the episode, but, um, you know, he's real busy. He he refused to work with you, didn't he? He's busy. Okay. Yeah. He's uh, He's got a very demanding schedule of napping. Uh, yeah. And eating. Antagonizing your dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, if we're being, if we're being real. In addition to being excellent hunters, they were also, like, skilled combatants. And despite not naturally having a lot of... Well, I mean, okay, they had their own weapons. Right. Like, they would make weapons out of wood and, like, natural materials. But they were also, like, they were keen with weapons just, like, naturally. So if they, say, killed a person that, like, wandered into their territory, they could pick up, like, how to use their weapon really quickly. Okay. They were just, they were keen. And also, um, I thought this was an interesting way to put it, was that the female tabaxi were described as being, quote-unquote, at least the equal of the males in fighting ability. Okay. Which I think was the early 80s way of saying that, like, they were better fighters. (laughs) They were at least the equal. So your average female tabaxi is better than your average male tabaxi? Perhaps. Or kind of like like lions, maybe. Okay, so they do it a lot more, but like when a male does it, they get like all the praise for it? Potentially. But I I mean, I thought that was a nice note, because actually a couple of the things in here, like reading about, gave me like Rakshasa vibes. So I think that was like a nice note that it's like, oh, yeah, female tabacs, they actually do things. Instead of with the Rakshasa, where they're just baby making machines. Right. And this was kind of still in the earlier days, and I know people don't like it, but where women in this game were portrayed as weak. Baby machines. Baby machines. Yeah. Or they just couldn't. Do near as much as a male character. I mean, do. you can be critical of it and still 
enjoy D and D and also understand that like you can't change anything about the past. The past happened. It's yeah. just the way things were right. Portrayed. It's just mm-hmm. a thing that it's changed now. Everything about that has changed. Everyone is basically equal now. But in this point, we're still kind of like in that weird transition phase where yeah, yeah, females are getting to where they're just about equal. Right. Yeah. So, you know, in addition to all these things that I thought was kind of cool was they essentially had not not like advantage in in the way that somebody who plays a lot of fifth edition would think of advantage. But they basically were almost immune to being trapped because they were they're cats. They're so they had like high reflex. And yeah, that's pretty cool. Also, it says uh, there's only a 10% chance of trapping a cat man, even if the trap is very carefully hidden and cunningly constructed. That's a direct quote. So I don't know what how that translates to like an actual dice roll. Maybe you roll a percentage die? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't you know if that's what that... You have to roll a 90 through 100 to succeed. Even try, yeah. And then they would still get like their, their reflex save or something. And maybe if you were playing a tabaxi, you would roll a... A percentage, and you would have to crit fail it, basically. I Perhaps. guess depending on how you look yeah. at it, yeah. yeah, or how because also at this point, like a tabaxi PC would essentially be homebrewed. Oh right, because these were built for just in, encounters, just encounters, which I'm sure probably happened. Someone probably saw that and was like, "I want to play that," and talked to their DM and was like, "Please help me so I, I don't can play that." I don't think anyone looked at that picture though and said, "I want to play that." I feel I'm sure like someone... there were probably some people <laughs> that looked at that and was like, I want to play that. Look how cool it looks. Mm. <laughs> okay. I mean, subjective and all that, but... Mm. Not to call out anyone listening who did that, but like... Yeah, because the backs are great. I could see why people would want to play as that. The, but why they would want to play the fucked up Cheshire Cat, I don't know. The early rendition was not... Um, it was not a flattering picture. Not great, yeah. Anyway... <laughs> An interesting thing also about tabaxi society was they kind of like they lived in and the specific numbers of this were expanded on in the next their next appearance. But, you know, they lived in small clans and they hunted and patrolled their territory and stuff. Right. But they, interestingly enough, did not engage in trading with other tabaxi clans or any outsiders because they found it demeaning. (laughs) No context on why they found it demeaning. But they did apparently, so they did not trade. Maybe because they couldn't provide for themselves and like that's my. So they were like, okay, this is that's humiliating that we have to rely on trade. Yeah, I I can see that, but it just said that they found trade quote unquote demeaning. Well, someone needs to get off their high horse. Yeah. So they didn't. They didn't do it. I I, I can only picture like a hunter gatherer. Like, tribe except for the hunter refuses to have anything that was gathered and just eats the meat. Like, if I can't get it, I'm not going to eat it. <laughs> and then he has, like, horrible, horrible uh, um, diseases and is yeah. nutritionally unbalanced. Though I will say they would not have specifically had a hunter-gatherer society because they were purely carnivorous. Well, they actually, they um, they gathered, like, herbs and stuff for things. Like, but. for flavor. For flavor, and also they would, like, use them to disguise their scent. Oh, that's pretty like, cool. Used for on. hunting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they were purely carnivorous. Okay. These things are just getting creepy. 
Or well, I mean, like last week, the uh, tieflings were purely carnivorous as well. That's, I mean, yeah, but we knew that those things were demonic of origin. <laughs> I didn't think tabaxi were this type of origin. I don't you know what I thought, but you didn't think that a a cat creature was a carnivore. Cats are carnivores. Well, I know that cats are like higher tier carnivores. I than just dogs. didn't think that they came from like tribal the jungle, like. Eh, whatever, just go. I mean, like, fair enough, but I will say I don't know what she expected. So they came back. They were expanded upon again in the uh, Fires of Zatal Forgotten Realm Supplement, which was released in 91, so about, like, 10 years later. I say about 10 years later. 10 years later. Just about. I mean, this is off with the months. I don't know. And this uh, supplement sets up for an adventure into the quote-unquote new world of the Forgotten Realms, which is called Mastica. I'm probably not pronouncing that right. Which, if... When do we ever? When do we ever? (laughs) I are so bad at pronouncing. Yeah. I've never pronounced anything right, and I'm not going to start now. So, (laughs) which, if you couldn't tell from the name and, like, the general conception of it, was this was kind of a... An Aztec-y thing? Yeah, an Aztec vibe. Yeah, your your party... Well, you can can choose to have an origin that actually uh, has you coming from Mastica. Oh. But you could also hypothetically just fucking be a conquistador if you wanted, which is nice. Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm. Interesting, maybe, but you could literally do that. It is an interesting dynamic to like maybe have a party full of like people who are from Azteca and then like this one conquistador who's like, I am here to conquer you all. Or like the opposite, like (laughs) they like run into like one person who's actually like from the area and that, that person's just like, I guess I'm gonna help you guys. All right, I guess. I Even guess. though you're trying to conquer my people, it's like whatever. Or like I know I mentioned this in the Aseric episode, or like maybe a a road to El Dorado. <gasps> road to El Dorado, where you just play as a bard and a rogue, oh two person party in the fires of Zatal. No, oh my god, that could be interesting. You've never seen Road to El Dorado, have you? I have. It's been about fifteen years, but I've seen it. You liked it, didn't you? It was good from what I remember. I'll admit, I don't remember much we're, of it. We're going to have to watch The Road to El Dorado after but this. But it has been a long time. See, I actually am the opposite. I watched it for the first time as an adult, like two, actually a year ago, because I watched it when I broke my toe. <laughs> <laughs> and I was I didn't want to do anything but lay on the couch and watch movies on Netflix. Anyway, so this, this module detailed a little bit more about Tabaxi society, which was just about the same kind of the same kind of thing. They lived in small, uh, isolated clans, and they patrol their territory on hunts, which is like actually like the name of the like collective noun of Tabaxi. Right. And they rarely interacted with outsiders or even each other. They were very isolated. It again noted that they don't trade, but they will occasionally have agents that will trade on their behalf, which is like, I don't... Maybe it's like one of those things like getting around like religious laws in a weird way where it's like you're kind of defeating the spirit of the law. But you're not technically breaking any rules. Yeah. And I don't know, with them being isolated, I don't know who these agents were supposed to be. I don't know if they were like Mastican humans who would do this. 
but they it w- they felt it worth noting that they had agents that bartered on their behalf. They also speak their own language, which I believe their language is just called Tabaxi, um, which is actually a form of the ancient Paiit language, which was, that was an ancient, like, now collapsed society in the time in Mastica, like okay. in the present time then. And people who spoke the modern Paiit language could actually understand about 50% of what a tabaxi was saying in their own tongue. That's pretty cool that you're... That, so, that, like, it's split. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I think about that with languages in, like, uh, D&D sometimes. Like, how much of someone who speaks common would be able to understand under, under common? How much of someone who speaks elvish would be under, be able to understand sylvan? That yeah. kind of thing. Because it kind of all just, like, derives from, like, the same roots. It just has different... Like dialects, right? Kind of like how it like just shifts and changes over time. A lot of Spanish and Italian words are the same. Yeah, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because they all have like that similar origin. Yeah, yeah. or like how how many <clears throat> things in like other languages you can like you hear the word and you can understand what it probably means because it has its roots in Latin. Right. Let's be real. Latin's one of the big ones there. Yeah. True. Um. The Fires of Zatal also introduced a few varieties of tabaxi and sort of expanded also on how they can look. Like, some of them, instead of just being, like, tawny with stripes, some of them have, like, rosettes, like jaguars. They can be different colors, like orange, tawny. Black. Perhaps. Would they also be considered to be bad luck? I don't know. I don't if know. They were actually, just solid black. That that feels like that could be that could be interesting. Like how how in real cats or like in real like jaguars, for example. You know, you get some that are like melanistic. Yeah, that's where, that's where they're black. So maybe it's like a bad omen, or it's like a good omen, maybe. Yeah, it could like be to, like to have a baby born. I do want. Man, like, someone, I don't know how much of this, because obviously we keep interrupting you with our asides. It's fine. Um, I don't know how much of this is delved into in D&D, but it would be really cool to be able to homebrew a lot of, like, tabaxi culture and, like, how the different fur colors well, correlate. I will say, even though they there are a lot of things about their society that are defined, I feel like... Tabaxi could actually be really, really open to the idea of homebrewing, especially because they live in isolated clans. Right. So I feel like you could maybe go from like clan to clans would have like different practices or like different, you know, like maybe in one clan having a baby born like melanistic, like that would be like a good omen, but maybe in another one it's a bad omen. Yeah. I feel like Tabaxi would actually be really open to some interesting um, homebrew stuff. Yeah. Um, so in addition to like expanding on their like their color palette, so to speak, um, they also had like hunt leaders and clan leaders who were like different encounters that would give different experience points or be at different levels, for example. Also, standard tabaxi give 420 experience, just so nice. you know. <laughs> nice. Um, but more or less, they're kind of just distinguished by, you know, giving more experience, having more hit dice, um, yada, yada. But the exception to this is the Jaguar Lord. Oh. Yeah. So um, I, I was I right about black? N- not at not, not oh, actually. Okay. So not like a black jaguar. It's like a just a jaguar. Okay. It's just a better, stronger, faster jaguar. Yes. Harder, better, faster, stronger jaguar. Also, the like tabaxi are chaotic neutral, which this obviously okay. can change since they are a player character race and later in fifth edition. But they maintain their chaotic neutral nature in, like, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. So, like, baseline their chaotic neutral, but they can, like, be other things. Yeah. 
But the Jaguar Lord is chaotic evil. Oh. They are all male and grow taller than other tabaxi, so they stand about 10 to 12 feet tall. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, they're very big. 55% use magic as what's called a hishna shaper, which his- <laughs> hishna was a form of magic practiced by priests of Zoltek, who was a god that the tabaxi worship sometimes. Um, and this was known as the magic of fang, claw, and fur, which Ooh. was in opposition to pluma, which was the magic of feathers that was used by the aquatals. 40% of them were also priests of Zoltek, or were were just priests of Zoltek and not Hishna shapers. But I have no idea, actually, how these are functionally different, because Hishna was the magic of Zoltek. So I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> and 5% were both. Again, also, those are very specific. Like yeah. 5%. But they were magical and they were dangerous. Sounds like it. Yeah. Um, they were also the natural, interestingly enough, the natural enemies of koatls, which were, you know, basically essentially mastican dragons. Right. Right. Um, we touched on those briefly before. Yep. Yeah. In the Rakshasa and- episode, which is <laughs> where I started getting those vibes from this. Um, and- because the Quaddles are supposed to be like... Bird dragons, kind of? Yeah. And then I guess in this, they're good. And the Jaguar Lords are like the evil. The evil... Okay. No, yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. The Jaguar Lords breed true and um, will occasionally go into a clan of Tabaxi in order to breed... And while they're there, they'll basically take over the clan. Oh. <laughs> and sometimes will actually remain even after their new Jaguar Lord offspring is kind of sent off to do their own thing. Hmm. So. So they just kind of, they could just bounce from clan to clan, just breeding all over the place, taking over them, being like, all right, this is fun. Bye. Bye. Yeah. On to the well, next one. They, they can do that. It's said that they don't do that super often, though. Like, it's not, they're not constantly, like, they're not, like, fuck machines. Right. But every now and again, they're just, like, but it doesn't, it's time to have a baby, I guess. They yeah. know that they'll breed true, so. Yeah. And it doesn't also, matter. they're, like, 12 feet tall. Yeah. And, like, seventh <laughs> level spellcasters, so. I feel like no one's really gonna fuck with them. Probably not. I mean, unless they know for a fact that they can take them. Which... I don't think a lot of average tabaxi could take a jaguar lord. No. Yeah, like, they would have nah. to be a pretty beefy, uh... So, I mentioned that Zoltek guy. Yeah. Zoltek. Wait. Zoltek! Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> he did, like, a Z the, shape with the his... The Zoltan. The from... Zoltan. Oh my god. Dude, where's my car? For... <sighs> That's wow, there... there might actually be people around that aren't aware of that. Lewid. I thought Lewin's you were just never... doing... Lewin's never seen that movie. I thought you were just doing a thing. Why are you looking at me for that? Do we need to take a break so I can watch this movie? Yes. Okay. We don't have time. Well, we can. We, well, actually, maybe maybe we can do that in a minute. Um. So this this Zoltek guy that the Jaguar Lords were he did it again. That the, the uh, Jaguar Lords were priests or general devotees of some. Tabaxi worships Zoltek, particularly clans that had been, were uh, hosting, that's a word I'm going to use. Oh, no. Uh, were hosting a Jaguar Lord, so then they would roll with the Zoltek train. Hosting. 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 Like um, it. I mean, to be fair, I really, I really don't know what kind of, what kind of dynamic could be introduced there. I don't either, but... Because I feel like some people 
would think that it was a good thing, maybe. 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 But then... Some people might not. Yeah. I mean, I, I really don't know, honestly. It didn't It didn't say. Like, I, it, I would imagine to some people, though, it might be also like a good omen sort of thing. Yeah. Like that a jaguar lord wants to... I was just thinking more like um, the... Um, when you would have to board, uh, like, perfect, because this comes out right around the 4th of July, um, when, like, in pre-Revolutionary War, when uh, soldiers oh, would have to yeah. be, like, where you would have to board soldiers from Britain yeah. uh, when they would come over, and the, but the made- local government would contact you and be like, hey, you're going to have a, a soldier staying with you. Have fun. And yeah. you're like, great. So maybe depending on the kind of person, it could be a good or a bad thing. Yeah. like Or a you- completely neutral thing where you're just like, God, I want this guy to leave. Yeah, like you don't have any issues with him, but you don't also don't want to have this random ass guest that you're forced to have. Yeah. yeah. Um. So some some Tabaxi worshipped um Zoltek, who was the like he was a war god and considered right. the most violent of the Mastican gods. Some of them also worshipped Nula, who was the Mastican goddess of animals. Naturally, that makes sense. Yeah. Or Tezka, who is the Mastican god of the sun, fire, etc. However, reference was also made to an entity known as the Cat Lord, who the Tabaxi regard. I know they they this is true in fifth edition. I don't. I believe it's also in the earlier editions they do talk about the Cat Lord. The Tabaxi regard as their creator. How this happened, oh. I am not sure. <laughs> like, there's not a there's not a concrete creation myth, but. Somewhere there's a cat lord who apparently that created them. Apparently, apparently, um, to, to the best of their knowledge, as far as they know. Which honestly, I will say, as frustrating as that kind of thing can be for for me as someone who like wants to read about it and like know, I think it also works with the way Tabaxi culture is, and also the ways that they like the way that they worship the cat lord. Right. For it to be kind of like it's not necessarily clean cut. Yeah, right. they because don't seem like the greatest record keepers around necessarily. More on that. Okay. Later. Um, well, that's actually exciting. Um, and I think it, it kind of works because you might have one clan that believes that, like, they were created in this manner when this happened. And then, like, this other clan believes this. You know, I think I think that works with the way that they kind of live in isolated populations. Not to keep interrupting you with my views of how the tabaxi work, but it reminds me of like Native American tribes where there's a lot of overlap, but there's also a lot of like very individual, very individual. Yeah, like speaking as someone of Cherokee descent, although I do not regard myself as Cherokee, I have grown up with a lot of like Cherokee myths being talked about in Mm -hmm. my family and versus um, like working and like hearing a lot of Chickasaw and Choctaw myths. And there's a lot of overlap and a lot of common things that they share, but there's so much differences. Yeah. Like they hit some similar beats, but then like some things are completely different also. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's never an explicit like thing that's given to be truth to the reader that's like, oh yeah, in negative 5,000 Dale Reckoning, the Cat Lord was like, hey, what if I, what if I just like did this? <laughs> if I just made, what if I just made people? What if I just made people but cats? <laughs> so sure, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. The most concrete things I can find about the Cat Lord are that the Cat Lord might be one person, might be multiple people who kind of 
like take up the mantle when like a previous cat lord dies or whatever. Right. But they're part of a group of minor demigods from the outer planes known as animal lords, which is as self-explanatory as it sounds. Hmm. So like they're the patron of cats or like the mouse lord, which was mentioned briefly, would be the patron of like rodents and yeah. 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 Weird. That's pretty cool. Like, like very, very minor demigod, but like being the god of cats would be pretty sweet. I would like to be the god of cats. Can I be the god of cats? Sure. When the old one dies, oh, you okay. can become or the cat lord. Or if you go and defeat the current one. Oh, I think I'm gonna work on that. Okay. Let me well, know how that goes. While you plot to go find and kill, which honestly, good luck finding. When oh. you go to find and kill the current cat lord, um, we're gonna take a break. And about- force you to watch Dude, Where's My Car? Okay, well, you okay. do that. I'm going to go start plotting on how to kill the cat lord. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that. We'll be back in like, how long is the movie, Travis? Mm, hour and a half, roughly. Okay, we'll be back in 90 minutes. Hey everyone, just going to take a quick second here to uh, plug our social media and stuff. Thank you for listening to our episode on Tabaxi, Beautiful Cat People. Yes. Um, I've had a lot of, it was really interesting to read about these people. I've had a lot of fun. And it was fun to include Lilith. Yes. Even though she was a very difficult. Yeah. You know, she's a diva. <laughs> she has that, she has that reputation. She's, she's a, a demon. No, she's a diva. I mean, she is a little bit of a demon too. <laughs> she's fantastic. You can follow us on our Twitter and Instagram at Dungeonpedia. We post episode updates, memes, funny stuff, um, behind the scenes, especially on our Instagram story. We record. Uh, it's a fun It's a fun space. And if you use Tumblr, we are on Tumblr at Dungeonpedia.tumblr.com. Posting art, posting memes on occasion, posting updates, that kind of thing. Yada yada. But most importantly, if you want to contact us, you can email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. That is still the best way to get in contact with us. We get to like see it and remember, okay, need to remember to talk to each other about what we're going to reply to this, that kind of thing. And we always get notifications on our phone. I actually usually get a lot of notifications on my watch while I'm at work. So I'm like, oh. Yay, someone emailed us at work. See, yeah, I get no notifications. You might need to fix that. I might need to. I wasn't getting notifications for a while there either, and I had to, like, turn off the notification and then turn it back on, and that, like, reset my phone to send notifications. Gmail's Did you like... try turning it off and back on again? <laughs> nice. Nice. Same yeah. joke. Same hat. Uh, but that's the best way to get in contact with us. And let me just say, I really appreciate all of the emails we've been getting Lately, they're so Lately, lovely. we just got a few, and we responded to them. And I like I know I thanked you when I responded to them, but thank you anyway. Again. 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 And again and again and again. We really appreciate because it. Because they are very awesome to read. If you want to continue to help us out, you can also rate us and give us a little subscribe on whatever you listen to our podcast on. Reviews are very helpful, especially on iTunes. And Stitcher, I believe, is the only one that accepts reviews. I'm kind of surprised that like Spotify and other places don't have a review system yet. Yeah, I'm not entirely certain what it is. It's just some of them do, some of them don't. But I think our main one is iTunes that would help us out greatly. So if you want to pop in there and leave us a review, that would be fantastic. The other way to help us out and make us grow even bigger is to just tell your friends. Word of mouth is a very powerful thing. Yes, yes it is. Mm-hmm. 
A big thank you to Alexander Nakarada for our theme song, Blacksmith. And real quick, I want to say, I know I already said it when we, were, we started recording, but happy birthday, Lewin. Thank happy birthday. You. You've been my best friend for the majority of my life, and I just love you so much, and I hope you have a great day. <gasps> oh, I think I think as of, as of this year, our friendship is old enough to buy cigarettes. Oh, our friendship is 18 years old. That's how old you have to be to buy cigarettes where we live, just so you know. The U.S., I mean... Yeah, I mean, yeah. Speaking of the U.S., happy Fourth of July to all of our U.S. friends. Yeah, this episode's coming out right around that time, not on the exact day, but it's close enough. So, happy Fourth. Be safe. Don't catch your house or yourself on fire. Yeah, yeah. watch, watch your. I've fingers. done it. It's not fun. And happy Canada Day, also. Yes, because that's it on my birthday. Was, when this episode comes out, it will have been yesterday. So yeah. yes, happy Canada Day to our Canadian listeners as well. We know that we have at least a few. Yeah. yeah. Not quite sure where, but we have a few, so... Yeah. Maybe we'll, Thank get, you we'll guys. get some more. Yeah. yeah. So happy Canadian... Cana- Cana- Canadian Day? Canadian Day. Day. I mean... I hope you guys all had a good Canadian Day, and I hope everyone in the U.S. has a safe 4th of July. Don't be and stupid. Don't be stupid. Watch your fingers. And with that, let's get back to these fascinating little cat people. They're actually... They're still big. Whatever. They get little later. So it didn't work out. I don't think I can track down the cat lord. I really enjoyed the film, though. Good. It's yeah. a good film. So considering you only watched the smash cut of Zoltan. Zoltan. I mean, to be fair, I feel like a lot of movies could benefit from just being shown in smash cuts of the best parts. Fair. But that whole movie was... I mean, don't get me wrong. That movie was stupid, but it was funny. I mean, there's like... There's stupid that's just like useless stupid, but then there's stupid that's like funny or... I do apologize for how off-topic this episode is getting. Otherwise culturally significant, stupid. Because, my God, it's off-topic. It's okay. You can edit everything out. Can I? <laughs> we just smash-cut the parts of the episodes where I'm actually talking about tabaxi. smash-cut it down, and it's like 20 minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Where I just dictate, I just dictate about these people to you like I'm some kind of fucking anthropologist. Well, anthropologize. I mean... <laughs> you should be sorry for that one. You should be sorry. Sorry. For our Canadian. <laughs> For our Canadians. Oh, God. I'm, well, I'm sorry. Well, I'll no, tell not. you we're sorry tomorrow. Anyway, um, the tabaxi disappear for a little while, um, and they return again in 5th edition. Okay, wait, where where were we were we were, previously? Uh, we were Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Oh, in my. Good God. So, so they took... Th- yeah, they vanished for quite yeah. a they few weren't in uh, editions. 3rd, 3.5... Or fourth? Mm-mm, not that I could find. Jesus. Um, My God. Somebody somebody said no furries allowed. So they came back in fifth <laughs> Me, edition. I said no furries so allowed. So somehow fourth edition didn't fuck up to the tabaxi, but it's only because they weren't there. So they, they fucked them up in a different way. <sighs> <sighs> yeah. Fourth edition. Again, just disappointing everyone. No. <sighs> Okay. This time they disappointed the furries. Anyway, they came back in 5th edition in um, Volo's Guide to Monsters, which was released in 2016, which Ooh. I believe was, like, to be, like, the supplement that introduced, or not introduced, but, like, formally put the things out for the, like, not second string, but, like, secondary player character races. Right. So they were in there with, like, Asimar, Lizardfolk, Furbolgs. Um, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, and in this one, they are actually optimized to be used as a player character race. Which is cool. Which is very cool. They look a little different. Um, Thank God. 
<laughs> I mean, they look they looked all right in second edition. They That's looked, fair, or not second edition? Excuse me. In the uh, Fires of Zatal, the still second edition. They look better. They yeah. look like if you made a jaguar, if you anthropomorphized a jaguar, they looked fine. Yeah, they were fairly normal looking. <laughs> they did not look like an evil Cheshire cat. <laughs> um, so they look a little different now. They're smaller. They're still like in the same size category. And they don't actually give like an average height like they did when they were like six and a half feet tall. But they're described as being smaller. So I'd imagine they're probably in the between of kind of like... They're taller than dwarves, but probably shorter than the average human. They're they're more in line with being, like, lithe and dexterous now. Yeah, and I think, honestly, I think they look really cute. <laughs> like, the picture of a uh, of a jaguar tabaxi that you just had right there that you're looking at. The one from the guide in question. Yeah, from Volo's Guide to Monsters. They look really cute because I feel like they have almost, like, cartoony proportions, but they kind of work. Like, they got big paws. They're very, like, long limb, but they got big paws. They they do legitimately to me to me I could be wrong that an actual biologist is gonna like at me but to me they actually do kind of look look in fifth edition as if cats had made the evolutionary process to become the dominant life form on Earth and um like stand upright and that kind of thing yeah which the world would be a lot better if that had happened true but unfortunately we they're just creatures that we keep in our house so i think they're i think they're just really cute in fifth edition and you know they still have that same like wide variety of like colors and patterns that they can come in with you know more colors of their eyes which is fun um and similarly to elves they tend towards chaotic alignments um but they're rarely described as being evil or they're described as rarely being evil, rather. Right. Because they're more motivated by curiosity than by things that normally drive people to being evil, like greed. They're just like, like pure evil intent. They're just curious. Like, yes. Sometimes they may do evil things, but it's with curious intentions instead of with just, just like being a dick. Yeah. Like- How often does curiosity kill the cat? <laughs> Jesus Christ. But how often does satisfaction bring him back? That depends on if they have a cleric or not. (laughs) Two different jokes about the same thing. I appreciate it. At the same time. Um, Also, interestingly enough about the tabaxi is that they are motivated by the acquisition of lore and knowledge rather than money and material possessions. And specifically, when they've had, like, they kind of go off and do their thing. They're like... What's that called? Rumspringa kind of thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. They they return to their homelands with, like, stories about their adventures. Okay. Which makes it sound like their record keeping is very much like an oral history. That's exactly what I was thinking when you said that <laughs> there would be more on that later. Yeah. Okay. Like, um, so despite being kind of isolated from um, a lot of other tabaxi and also the outside world, they're never really ignorant of what's happening because, uh, you know, a lot of time, like, a clan will have, like, a young adult, like, that that young adult will go off to fulfill their wanderlust and then, like, come back and be like, oh, I went to this place and this stuff happened and this thing's going on. And, oh, by the way, did you know that the cult of Aseric is at war with the cult of Vecna? And they're like, whoa! <laughs> okay, so two quick things. One, is that, like, just a thing that usually happens where, like, a... Uh, 
like a young adult tabaxi will kind of just have wanderlust and the urge to go explore or is it like a ingrained societal thing? I think it does. It has more to do, I think, with the individual tabaxi. Okay. But it says, and they talk a little bit more about the cat lord in uh, fifth edition. Nothing more concrete about the actual origin of the cat lord or tabaxi at large. But they regard the cat lord as kind of wandering the world, meddling only in, like, the affairs of people when, like, they feel like they need to. And it's also described that the cat lord gifts every tabaxi with a feline trait upon their birth and that the tabaxi that are blessed with curiosity, it's so, it's such an intense emotional experience for them that, like, they have to get out. Okay. Like, they have to go and, like, leave their isolated communities and explore the world. Um, and also, the formal worship of the Cat Lord is very minimal and scattered, so there's not a lot of clerics of the Cat Lord. But when there are, they're usually trickery domain, as I'm sure you can imagine. Right. And honestly, descriptions of the Cat Lord remind me of the Traveler. <laughs> and I'm really into it, actually. Specifically the critical role Traveler. Yes. And, like, I don't know, I'm, I, I like that, that there's not a lot of, like, there's not whole churches and stuff devoted to this this guy. Yeah. I was... That was actually going to be one of my second things that I was going to say was I appreciate, like, especially considering the fact that tabaxi are tribal in their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the emphasis on oral histories and sharing things like orally with each other. And like, that's not like, it's not to say that that is not the, the same level of concreteness as like written histories. It just mm-hmm. means that there's more variations between, like, how many times you've heard it versus, like, oh, well, the other tribe, that's just hearsay because they only heard it and, like, while well, they were briefly using their agents to trade with each other kind of thing. Yeah. it uh, Even in 5th in edition, when things about Sabaxi are a little bit more defined with them being, like, a player race, there's still, I think, a lot of opportunities for, like, home brewing and interesting things. Yeah. Which I love the fact that they leave open the... Homebrew. Homebrew ability. Because mm-hmm. while homebrewing is a pain in the ass sometimes, it's also very fun. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of really, like, magical things I think you can do with that. So some tabaxi, instead of, like, becoming adventurers, because there's obviously a very, like, potentially unsafe component to being an adventurer. Naturally. Is, um, they take up, like, they'll join a group of, like, traveling minstrels. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the time they're like, it's like a group of tabaxi will get together and do this, usually headed by like an older, more experienced one. And they'll just kind of go from town to town and like set up shop and they'll like sing and dance and share stories and barter exotic goods because I guess they don't have a problem with trading they're anymore. They're good with trading now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I guess if you're adventuring like that, you kind of have to barter at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and at some point it's like, it would stop... Like being, uh, you can't be on your high horse anymore. Yeah, and and at what point is giving somebody gold in exchange for food like not trading? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, unless you specifically did nothing but hunt for your own food and everything while you were out. But <laughs> that seems a little ridiculous. Genius. And kind of against the whole reason why you're out and exploring anyway. You just have like a tabaxi in your party and they're like, wait a sec. And they come back and there's just like a dormouse. They're just like (laughs) chewing on a dormouse. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And there's like, I don't buy food. 
Okay, then. That doesn't, that's, that's not. Some big blacksmith comes walking around the corner. Has anyone seen my pet mouse? <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And also, that was a beautiful voice. A plus. Bring that back for the next campaign. We better have an NPC with that voice. Uh, you might have a very beginning NPC with that voice, actually. Ooh. Ooh. You want to you wanna break us off another piece of that? Nah. Oh, yeah. okay. You can make me wait. Yeah. But, like, and that's just such a nice, like, nice image to me. Just, like, a bunch of, just a bunch of cat people, which they they kind of use this term in, like, the older editions, but I feel like in kayfabe that might be, like, pejorative to say, like, cat man. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, kind of like, like, with tieflings and, like. Like, you wouldn't just, like, call it, like, uh, like say, devil about a tiefling. It's my, it feels, like, a little pejorative. You wouldn't. Well, as the DM, you get to be an asshole. Yeah, you That's get fair. to you get to make that pretty much racist <laughs> NPC that we don't like. But I mean, that's just my own personal interpretation. There's nothing it could in the be tech- a term of endearment too, though. I mean, yeah, it's fair. It like, could be. like it's like you know when uh, uh, oh, you crazy cat man. Oh yeah, yeah. Or, I like, mean, with her with her eighties blowout. It, admittedly, it could still be the racist pejorative term, but. Depending on how it's reflected, it could be a term of endearment. It de- I yeah. guess it depends on, like, what kind of... Uh, Person, I think, maybe. And, al- and also maybe what kind of role Tabaxi play in that location. Like, if they're yeah. just, like, another part of society, it's fine. And, like, no one hurls that stuff. It's like, kind of like... if it's, it- like, the, oh, strange tribal people from a distant land. Ooh, Ooh. it could be, like... Have you guys seen the cat man over there? Yeah. <laughs> and he just, like, looks up from his drink, like, really? Yeah, it's like... I'm right here, bitch. I heard you. It's like being racist like that versus, like, when I call Travis a redneck. It's with love. (laughs) Oh, so anyway. Joe's in the background. (laughs) Don't. I'm not going to. Do not. (laughs) I will not. I promise. In any case. Do it. Anyway, so there's that aspect of, like, that some tabaxi go off and sort of fulfill their their wanderlust desires by being traveling minstrels, which is very, just, this is a very nice image to me. It is. Or sort of almost like a, like a Khajiit vibe with Hmm. them, like, trading, like, going and setting up a little stall. Yeah, except I love the fact that they're just, like, bards. They're just like, yeah, we're just going to set up and sing and dance and... Yeah, sing and dance and, and, and share stories. They're street performers. Yeah, exactly. Also, something really that I think is really interesting about Tabaxi um, as a player character race is that in addition to like it just being in the text that they're motivated by their curiosity like in general, Tabaxi are often fixated on a particular subject, mm-hmm. which there is an actual table that you can roll against that nice Nice. it's like i think it's like a d10 and like depending it could be like a particular magical artifact a legend a god and it says in there um in the handbook it even suggests that you re-roll it every few days to give your tabaxi pc something new to be obsessed about oh my god which is like relatable oh my god i love that actually i love that so, like, you know, because it it reflects, like, the sort of mercurial, like, nature of the species. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like, your, your, your party's, like, trekking through, like, this dangerous jungle looking for, like, a magical artifact. And then, like, the tabaxi, like, rogue or whatever wakes up and is like, actually, I don't care about that anymore. Can we go to church? 
<laughs> or like they're just in town and someone comes and is like, hey, Tim, I found a book over that artifact you were talking about. Oh, I don't care about that anymore while reading another book. Also, Tim the Tabaxi. Tim the I, Tabaxi. I hate you, Catman. <laughs> just throws a book at his head. Oh, But that also completely reminds me of our cats. Just like the fact that they'll be obsessed with something one minute and then like... Suddenly not. Just like yeah. don't give a shit Like the their, little, their little like mouse toy and then like you pick it up and like throw it and they're like... That's not an, anything. That's not interesting anymore. What are you doing? There's also another table of like quirks. Oh my god, I love quirk tables. And a few, a couple highlights were um, being uneasy around water, <laughs> having a ball of yarn as a fidget toy. Oh my god! And also one that I thought was really sweet was constantly being in debt because you spend too much money on your friends. Oh, because Tabaxi don't care about money. They don't right. care about money or possessions. They only see those as a means to an end. Right. So it's like you might have a tabaxi rogue who would be willing to steal something, but they don't want to steal it just to have it. They would want to steal it because it's like a special magical item or like the lore behind it is important to them. Or they really want to give it to their friend. Yeah. Like mo- <laughs> like money and things like that are only a means to an end for tabaxi, which I think is almost like a callback to them like not wanting to trade. Because yeah. it, it, it feels like it's a theme that material possessions are not important to tabaxi. You know, that actually, that in and of itself, just that one little throwaway line actually makes the thing about trading make more sense. Yeah. Because, like, previously it just didn't make much sense to me. Like, are they just, like, too like? Are they just, like, haughty? Too arrogant? That's what I thought, yeah. They're but, just... Arrogant, like, I don't fucking want to trade Which is you. also, like, a cat vibe. It's just them being so haughty. They're like, Maybe right. you could, like, work it to be, like, it's not that they're opposed to trading. It's that they're just, a, they just don't have any interest in acquiring more stuff or, like, acquiring a profit. It's maybe more like a, here, we'll give you this thing that we have excess of if you give us this thing that we need. Yeah, perhaps. But, again, that was the only note, was that trading was demeaning. There was not, like, a specific, this is why they think it's demeaning. Also, but they do reworked. Yeah, I do, I do enjoy the theme of, like, material items just not really seeming to matter to Tabaxi that much. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like, especially, um, because their stats support you playing, like, a rogue... Um, because they have bonuses to their decks and charisma. Right. Um, but I feel like that would be, like, a really interesting rogue to play because they're not just, like, greedy. <laughs> like, Which they is... wouldn't just be greedy, like some rogues. Like most <laughs> rogues. <laughs> Small little self-call-out. rogues. Small little self-call-out. But, I don't know, these guys are just... They're, I really, I, like... They were they were cool, but I I really enjoy their portrayal as a player character race in um, fifth edition. They get a couple of other cool things too, like they have dark vision, which right. cats don't have dark vision, but Tabaxi do, and I know this because of Critical Role. Why? I don't know. Also, it would to me it would make sense that cats have re- would have really good dark vision because they. Like, real-life cats can see in the dark a lot better. Granted, this is, like, third-hand, because I did hear that on an episode of Critical Role. But, apparently, cats in 5th edition don't have dark vision. In addition to that, well, Travis looks that up for me. They also basically have, like, it's not a free dash, but they can basically use the 
dash ability as like a uh, as like part of their move action. Okay. And in order to like be able to do it again, they have to take one of their turns and move zero feet. Okay. So hypothetically, they could like dash to an enemy, and then the next turn, if they don't use their move action, they can just do it again. Okay. Which is is pretty cool. Um, which I believe they have. Yeah, they have standard thirty foot movement. So sixty foot. And they have their claws that give them a better climb speed and also natural, like, their natural weapons. Right. Um, They are proficient in perception and stealth, so they really want you to make your tabaxi a rogue. (laughs) Even though I think they could be a good, like, they could be a good fit for a bard, too. It sounds that way to me. Which, that actually falls in line with just the regular cat stats. Yeah. They have a plus three in perception and a plus four in stealth. However, they do not have dark vision. The I... only thing they have is keen smell, which gives them advantage on perception checks that rely on smell. Yeah. I take issue with that. I'm just saying, like... That, that to me, seems kind of... They are also very incorrect. weak and have 1d4 hit points. That one makes sense. Yep. They're um, unaligned tiny beasts. <laughs> unaligned? Unaligned. <laughs> Oh, that's... A lot of animals are actually unaligned. Yeah, that's true. I guess that makes sense. They're too stupid to have alignments. Yeah, so that's mostly what I have on have on Tabaxi. No, I mean, I, I liked it. That was a good little... Uh... Yeah, I do wonder kind of why they, it seems like they disappeared for like 25 years. I do wonder why. Like, I maybe did, did they didn't gain much traction during actual play, so they were like, did okay, what, right? let's cut that did. down. For these next couple editions, and then maybe there was a callback to bring them back when fifth edition was talked to about. To trim the fat oh, a little bit. Or maybe when uh, some when someone at Wizards of the Coast started working on fifth edition, they were like, you know what I really miss? Tabaxi. Yeah. It could be a, just a handful of reasons why they disappeared and came back, and obviously none like canon, because... Mm-hmm. Right. They disappeared in the jungle. They just vanished. I mean, maybe that was just a thing that they left alone and, like, they still could have existed depending on your DM and if they wanted to make them exist, but they yeah. didn't give any new stat blocks or... Yeah, yeah which, which uh, you would have to for 3rd and 3.5. Yeah, because yeah. it was a totally... Not totally different system, but a lot changed between that. Yeah. Especially into 3.5. There was a ton of... Oh, yeah, there things. was just so many different rules and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That is weird. Because they seem to have come from, I mean, relatively weird and just a general term origins, but they mm-hmm. seem kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to be a cat person? I mean, that's one always one of my favorite races to play in Skyrim. Yeah, Kajit. it's the Khajiit. Yeah. Same, actually. I mean, who doesn't love cat people? Now I want to play Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> this is this has been like a, just a, a ploy. To get everyone to play Skyrim. To get everyone again. to think about Khajiit and play Skyrim. We are, unfortunately, not sponsored by... Anyone <laughs> by by Bethesda or Skyrim or the Khajiit people, um, <laughs> just anyone yet. But we're hoping. <laughs> uh, Tabaxi, get at us. Blue apron, <laughs> the cat lord, meundies. You know, anyone really, <laughs> or the cat lord. Yes, or the cat sponsored lord. by the cat lord. Sponsored by the cat lord. I know you're listening. Probably he's he's watching over um, Lilith and Prince naturally. So. That's kind of all I have today. Um, I want to give a big shout out to Lilith, even though her uh, her commentary was minimal, but her uh, the interviews that she had with me were invaluable to my construction of this episode. Thank you, Lilith. Well, I'm of course. so glad that she was able to assist you. 
Secretly. Secretly. Still a little creepy, but... It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for all the episodes you guys have listened to and our continued growth. We appreciate it so much. Uh, Again, don't forget to follow us on our various social medias mentioned earlier at the halfway point. Basically, when we do our little breaks. And again, spread the word. Just tell anyone you can think of. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your cats. Yes, tell your cats. Make your cats listen to this episode. They would probably either really like it or just not care at all. Because that's what cats do. Do it on various devices. So it counts as an individual play each time. (laughs) Wow. That's... Dirty. Dirty. I like it. Hey, the cats are listening. The cats get to get a vote too. That's fair. Yeah. I'll take it. Uh, If you have anything that you would like to suggest to us as a topic or a complaint or just general feedback. I just want to talk. Or just want to talk. Feel free to... uh, Yeah. Feel free to email us at our uh, email, dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. We have received a few submissions from there, working on them. Yeah, we want to spread them out a little bit. Trying to spread them out and research does take time. And also, we still have our own occasional, ooh, I want to do this. Like Tabaxi. Like Tabaxi. (laughs) But if you suggest something to us, don't worry, we will get to it. Eventually. <laughs> yeah. We, we know. We, we've, we see it. We know. We and see generally it. generally try to reply to you guys in a timely, timely manner. manner. Again, we all work nights, so there's sometimes a little bit of a, what seems timely to us may not be timely to you. Because or, our days are the opposite. Or you get a, an email at four in the morning and you're like, what? But it's just us. Sorry about that. Yeah. That's when, that's when we're active. It happens. Thank you once again for listening to this episode, and we'll catch you next week here on Dungeonpedia. Dungeonpedia.